You're listening to Radio ISO, the podcast bringing you notes from isolation and stories about the people we're missing. I'm your host, Emily Sargent. Today I spoke to Ruby, who's 87 and living very happily in a care home, but missing her family. I lost my husband a couple of years ago in um, 2018, I think it was. So um, I had to move away from my son at that time because I'd been living with him for a few years Mm. and um, I had to go into a home. I told them I couldn't get into my daughter's two houses. Jan's was too full. And my other daughter, she lived right on the side of a hill, like a mountain, to get into. I would never have been able to have got out. When they take me out, it's a major, major effort. They have to hire a special van and bus. I haven't had one of those since last last year. was my, one of my great-granddaughter's first birthdays and we all had a party at my son's house he lives on the um lord rothschild estate he works for lord rothschild oh wow and uh, he's got a nice house there and we had a super party all of us got there it was lovely and um that was the last time i managed to get to see them all but you know, I see them on the apps and, you know, it's all sorts they do. <laughs> and my daughter, as I tell you, she comes once a week with my shopping and I managed to be downstairs in the lounge where the entrance is and I can wave to her. Mm. So I do manage to see her. What does that feel like having to... Are you waving through a window? Not very nice. <laughs> It's lovely to see her, but I long to give her a cuddle and a hug, you know. But then um, they opened the door for me so as I could see her and wave to her. And we had a photograph. (laughs) We couldn't get near one another because she was over by the door and I was back in the lounge. Mm. But at least we saw one another. What do you think it's going to feel like the first time you can give her a hug? Oh, wonderful, Mm. wonderful. You don't realise that it's a necessity. You really need it now and again. It's a very good home. We've only had one case, uh, poor man, and he he died. But other than that, we've, we've been wonderful, the staff are always on the go they're always cleaning all the handles and rails and uh, all masked up and everything it we have um junior he does our um activities you know we have different things like art or um bingo yeah bingo skittles things (laughs) Uh, it's my birthday in a few days time oh are you going to do anything 
to celebrate it on the day? Well, usually Kim buys me a cake and they all come in to see me and I get presents, things like that. Mm. But I don't, I don't know what they're, what they're planning to do at the time. Floyd here, our chef, um, he usually uh, puts on a lovely spread when we have anything. It sounds like you've got a very close family. Oh, I have. I have. They're very good. Very good. I have um, three children, uh, two girls and a boy. Uh, they And with them and their partners and their children and their children, there's about 35 wow. of us. <laughs> We've expanded. <laughs> yeah. And um, I've got uh, 10 great-grandchildren. Amazing. Yeah, it is. And they're, they're, they're all lovely. Uh, they all keep in touch with me while I'm in here, except for the babies, of course. I've got five babies. They're, they've all come in the last two years. Generally, the children send me pictures and postcards and things like that and then they ring me up for a history lesson <laughs> as we did on VE day you know what happened and what did they, and all, all the rest of it but it would they're generally a good family I'm very very lucky I'm hoping they said we'll ever get together hopefully before the summer's out One of the things that um, I was told about you was that you'd been evacuated to Cardiff during the Second World That's War. That's right. What What was that like? We We lived in um, Pontypridd, which is just outside Cardiff, mm -hmm. but it's not that far away. And uh, although it was, you know, we we was fairly safe there, we could hear all the bombing and everything that was going on in Cardiff because they did get a real pasting from the bombs in the docks and that sort of thing. Mm. They really did go through it. But then um, once the um, Battle of Britain was all over, we came back to where I lived. But we used to watch it as children I can remember standing on the balcony outside the flat we lived in, in Acton, and uh, we could see the fights going on above between the German planes and the uh, Spitfires and mm. hurricanes, that sort of thing. It was, you know, although it was, it was exciting, although it was a very serious matter. Mm. I think uh, we took, um, we we thought of it more as, you know, something exciting happening. We never thought of the danger. Mm. I think the children didn't. They coped with it more. How old were you then? At the beginning of the war, I was six. Mm -hmm. And it finished in 45 when I was 11. I went again. I was evacuated again uh, when the doodlebugs came over in 1943 I think that was and I was evacuated to Suffolk. Uh, it was a different experience again country. I lived the country life on a farm. 
How was that? Uh, well, that that was lovely. I loved it. I really did love it. The horses, because then the farms were generally animal run. You know, the the horses used to pull the carts and mm. the ploughs and all the rest of it. And we just used, uh, when we was on our holidays, we just used to get stuck in with the farmers and do what we could. Mm. The same as uh, harvest time. We used to go and help with the harvest, you know, stacking up the wreaths, the, the wreaths of corn and that for the farmers in the field ready to cart to the haystacks to build. That sounds idyllic. Yeah, I loved it. Yes, it was. It was lovely. And what did it feel like for you when it was all over? Oh, it was, it was a lovely feeling in the air, but it, it was a good time. All through the war, people were together. Do you know, I, I, we always did things together. Teachers, when we didn't have a school to go to, the teachers used to come around and we'd all pile into one another's houses and have lessons, mm. that sort of thing, to try and keep up with our schooling. Mm. What do you think about people drawing similarities between this pandemic and the war? Well, I think it's made people think that they do need one another. We are inclined to go on, live a very um, single life. Do you know what I mean? They yeah. they don't call on other people for help and that like they may do in times of things like this. My family keep in touch with me on apps. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm always having family apps. They <laughs> on Sunday especially. And what's the difference for you between seeing people in person and talking on the phone? Well, it's um, it's very nice to be able to talk to them, but it's nice to see them face to face. And, uh, you know, you um, you get a kiss and a cuddle before they go. But I still have long conversations with, I did on VE Day, you know. And then I had a sing-song with my daughter who lives in Nottingham because she's undergoing um, treatment for cancer oh, at the moment. So she's not allowed to mix, you know. But we had a sing-song over the phone, all the old songs, because she always liked them. I think she was born too late. <laughs> she always liked all the old stuff. <laughs> White Cliffs of Dover and Somewhere Over the Rainbow and all, all of them, you know. I've only got three children. I, I, the eldest is a girl and the middle one's a girl and the youngest is a boy. But they've all married. They've all had um, two uh, two children of their own, and my first ever great grandson came this year. Noah, he's about twelve weeks old now. Oh. They're always sending me photos. I'm running out of space on my walls. <laughs> yeah. Does that mean you've not met Noah yet? Oh no! I just managed to see him before the lockdown. They came. They fetched him in to see me, and I've got pictures of him with me holding him before the lockdown. 
you've obviously had lots of broad experiences in your life living through the Second World War as a child and I wondered if that had given you a perspective on what we're experiencing now, whether you felt like you'd been sort of better equipped to um, deal with the fear or anxiety. Oh yeah, well I think I'm older and wiser than I was when the war started and now I can see on the more serious side of it. Um, I also think that people themselves could do a lot more because they're not really sticking to the rules, are they? When you see pictures of them crowding on the beaches and in the parks mm. and things where they shouldn't be. And um, I think they should listen to what they're being told. They seem to take it as though they're enjoying putting these restrictions on them. Do you think your your three children have been worried about you during this time? Oh, yeah, they do. They do, be, um, you know, because when it started, um, they started saying that it was, the figures were creeping up in nursing homes. They kept mm. ringing me, especially my eldest daughter, you're doing as you're told, aren't you? You're doing you're doing this and doing that and uh, I do the best I can but I can't but we as I say we've been very lucky we've only had one case did you feel worried for yourself I don't worry now like I, I I'd worry more for my children than me I mean I'm 87 now I've had a good life hopefully I'll have a bit more at least to see them all again. But, yeah. I wondered if you had any um, particularly favourite memories of time that you'd spent with family. Oh, yes. Um, you know, loads of times in the garden. We, we used to have lots of barbecues and things and mm. play in the garden. And my daughter was particularly fond of water games. And we'd all get soaked. <laughs> Mm. We had lots of fun. We used to go on family trips to the coast, you know, and down to we were right by we were right by um, Hurley on the river in along the Thames, and it was a lovely place at one time. Just used to go down there, and we used to take that the all the family had come down there, mm. and uh, they'd be in the river with their dinghies and whatnot, just having lovely days, mm. just together. <laughs> because my mum come from a big family and she spent a lot of time in sanatoriums when she was younger. Mm. But very few people went to see her and she come from a big family. Mm. And I used to think, then one or two of them went but you know not many of them mm. did did you ever worry when you first moved into the home that your relationships with them would change well i, I knew i wouldn't see him so much because um and yet in some ways i've seen more of them because they used to have to travel out to Aylesbury to see me mm. uh, and it wasn't so easy in the week then.
So would you say it's 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 been more of a positive thing than you thought it was going to be? Oh yes, yes I would. In Aylesbury, uh, I um, was in right out in the country. I could see things all around me, but I couldn't get up and down the stairs. So I had a room upstairs uh, with windows on two of the walls, so I could see out. I could always see greenery. I could always I could see deers. I could see cows and sheep, horses, everything from the estate. Uh, but it's people. Mm. I wasn't. I we. I was alone through the day. Oh, I'd be on my own. Mm. nearly all day I was wondering um, just because I think it's it's been something that lots of people have been experiencing at the moment what you thought the effects of loneliness were on a person well I should imagine it's very very difficult the um, ones with dementia I, I, I you can't read their minds, but they must wonder why all of a sudden they're not seeing their sons and daughters and that mm. sort of thing, you know, they when they don't see them at all, mm. what's going on in their minds? But can I say something? Yeah. Uh, I am very lucky. There are a... a lot of people in this home who haven't got anybody and I think they they need um, the company if they could if their families could try and get in touch with them mm -hmm. you know I think some do some are quiet but some look very lonely they get forgotten does that, do you think, make you appreciate your family even more? Oh, yes. Yes, it does. It certainly does. Yes, I have a good family, wonderful family. <laughs> I'm very lucky. The thing that I've asked everybody at the end of the interview was whether there was something that you had never said to them before that you might like to. That I've never said. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm always telling them I love them. <laughs> but uh, I am missing them dreadfully. Yeah. Uh, and I've never been able to thank them enough for all that they've done for me. Never. But I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll never get another family like it. It's so wonderful to just have that brood of people um, around you who who really love you, which they so clearly do. Um, so, but you've got to you've got to love them in return. You've got to um, you know bring them together. Doesn't always happen automatically. Yeah, you you have to work on it. I hope they've got something good up their sleeve for your birthday. Oh, oh, I bet they're thinking of something. I've had no end of phone calls asking me what I want. <laughs> There's nothing I need. What can you tell? 
nothing on me. like to tell us about someone you're missing we'd love to hear from you get in touch at radioisopodcast at gmail.com or on instagram at radioisopod <laughs>